let's open our Bibles today to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and if you are new here or if you've not been here in a little while, we are picking up where we left off last week, and we have been in this series through 1 Thessalonians throughout this fall, a series we're calling For the Win, because the church at Thessalonica seemed to be winning. The Apostle Paul was grateful for them, longed to see them. He saw their faith growing, and we're looking to see what it is uh, that we can learn about how we win in our everyday walk with Christ. Uh, we are taking it verse by verse and chapter by chapter and week by week, and if you were here last week, you may hear some things today that would be uh, a a restating of some things that I said last week. We don't do this too often, but uh, we are saying that today's message is part two uh, from last week's message as we talk about a call to sanctification, a call to holiness. Over the course of this morning, there will be many people here today that were not here last week, and that's kind of the way it rolls in the church these days. Uh, there are a lot of different shifts and uh, people have a lot of different things going on, a lot of schedule things that wind up uh, changing the room. Uh, and you may have the same number one week, but have a very different crowd uh, in that same week. Last week was the first away uh, ball game for University of Georgia, and that always affects our numbers being so close to campus and so many students being involved with that. This week, home game but fall break and so a lot of people are traveling uh, because of a, a fall break and so a lot of different things in the room and I just, if you were not here last week I want to encourage you at some point to listen to last week's message from first Thessalonians it gives a lot of context and background for what we're talking about today and you can listen to that message by either downloading the Watkinsville First Baptist app it's right there on the front page if you go to that or you can go to watkinsville.org and uh, look there under listen you can go to YouTube and type in Watkinsville First Baptist and look for the date of last Sunday's message a lot of ways that you can go back and listen to messages that we've done especially I'm saying to try to listen to last week and put it together with this week uh, we're we want to know how can we walk in a way that pleases God? How do we walk in a way that pleases our Father? I, it's hard for me to talk about walking without thinking about the very first child of ours, the very first time he learned to walk. Uh, walking is the Apostle Paul's favorite description of our life of faith. And as you see those images around us, we're you know, pouring all of our life and time into raising this first child. It seemed absolutely huge and big and overwhelming until you have five and you're like, you just want to look around and say, one, That's, what is that? But, but that one was so, 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 everything was monumental, you know? And, uh, and, and we get a sitter for one night. We come back to this sitter that evening and Arnold and Nancy say to us, as soon as we walk up, how long has Graham been walking? And we're just looking, we're like, walking? 
yeah, he's walking. And, and we take two hours away, and he starts walking with the sitter. You know, it's just, it just kind of, we were, how does that happen? And, and, but he had learned to walk, and he, he, he never stopped. So um, when we think about walking, we learn to walk. We take a step of faith. We believe and trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that step of faith becomes a walk of faith across our lifetime. Well, how do you walk in a way that pleases God? Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 teaches us that one way that we walk to please God is by living a life of holiness, by pursuing holiness. Holiness is a position, but holiness also is a pursuit. Holiness is a position when we are justified through faith in Jesus Christ, but holiness is a pursuit as we're sanctified. This process of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Our walk with Christ is a response to God's call to sanctification. Sanctification, that process of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. It's synonymous when we talk about sanctification to also speak of a life of holiness or a life of purity the life of holiness is the work of God sanctifying us through his spirit's transforming presence and power that's that's what a life of holiness is the pursuit of holiness is this work of God sanctifying us through the presence and the power of the transforming work of the Holy Spirit the goal of our life, the purpose of our life is, what is it? Day by day by day to become more like Jesus. And it's good for us as we come together in this room to think about our life and say, hey, is that happening? Does my walk look more and more like Jesus? We, we, we have times where we fail. We have times where we fall short of the glory of God. The Spirit of God convicts us, we confess that to Him, we repent of that sin, and, and the testimony of our life that we would want or desire is that if we look at our life today, in October of 2023, and we compared that walk with Jesus to October of 2022, we would, if you could graph it, you'd just have that graph moving to where it looks more and more like Christ. It's that sanctifying work of Christ in our life. We don't, we don't get to a point on this side of heaven where we say, I'm there, I've attained, I've won, it's over, I'm done, until Jesus comes back. Day by day by day, becoming more and more like Christ. This life of holiness we learn in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 can be characterized in three ways. We talked most last week about one way. This morning we're going to take in some verses, look over verses that we looked at last week, take in a, two or three more verses at the end of this passage and see that our life of holiness or this walk of holiness is characterized in three ways. We see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and it is a walk that abstains from sexual immorality, it is a walk that abounds in love for others. 
And it is a walk that aspires to walk properly among outsiders. And by outsiders, we're referring to those who are outside the faith. Those who have not trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There was a time where I was an outsider. But sometime in the winter of my junior year of college, I came to faith in Jesus Christ. And the description that I would fit within God's word would be, there was a time I was outside the faith, now there's a time that I am in Christ. Look at these verses and you'll see what I'm talking about. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, I'll read through verse 12. He says, finally then, brothers, we ask and we urge you in the Lord Jesus, that as you receive from us how you ought to walk, and to please God just as you are doing that you do so more and more for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus for this is the will of God your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all, thing, in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives, us, who gives his Holy Spirit, to you. Verse 9. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. I just want to stop there for just a moment, and, and, and if you you're tuned in, listening, or reading along. You see already that's the second time that he said, you're doing this, now do this more and more. Do this more and more. It's that pursuit of holiness. It's that walk of sanctification. It is that progressive work of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, the work of spirit in our life. He says, you're doing it, but we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. Verse 11, and... To aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. So how do we walk? It's characterized by three, by, by, by three steps. Abstain from sexual immorality, abound in love, and aspire to live properly among those outside the faith. This message that we're looking at today, we're building it around some words, some key words, just really for me to have some structure to be able to walk through these verses, maybe some structure for you to be able to think orderly through this picture of walking in holiness all these words begin with C we talked about four of these last week there are eight of these that I want to mention in total and first we talked about the call 
The first word is the call, C-A-L-L, of God to walk in holiness. He calls us to this. When you read through the New Testament, you'll find at least four four things that, that God calls us to. He calls us to salvation. We come to him, we respond to his call. He calls us to salvation. He calls us to suffering. He calls us to serve. And here you see that he calls us to sanctification. He calls us to grow in Christ, to walk in holiness, to walk in purity. And when you think about that process, or use that picture. I mentioned a sculptor last week. I actually read this week about a missionary in Africa who was talking to a, um, a, a local uh, vendor in a market and he had all of these statues that were carved out of teak wood and he, and he asked him, he said, how, how can you just look at that piece of wood and carve a giraffe? And that missionary in Malawi said, it's, it's pretty simple. I, I look at the piece of wood and I cut away everything that doesn't look like a giraffe. In, in our life, what, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit looks at our life and the work of the Holy Spirit through conviction, confession, repentance is to cut away everything that doesn't look like Jesus. And so we look at our life and our, the comparison for our life is, is, is not another person. The comparison uh, is, is not a, a person like me and you. The comparison is a person like Jesus. It's us matching our life up to the pattern of Christ, the person of Christ. And God calls us to, to, to just have those things cut away through the work of the Spirit that do not match who Jesus is. And the second word that structure these verses is the context. The, the context that the Apostle Paul writes into reminds you that he writes from Corinth. Uh, you read through the letter of 1 Corinthians, you see that sin was so prevalent in the, in the uh, city of Corinth that it had, the letter was addressed to people that sin had, in, had infiltrated the church. And Paul was writing there saying, you're, you're not living like believers. You're, in fact, he says, you're like worse than the world around you for this to be even mentioned among you. He, he writes from that culture into the culture, the Greek culture. And, and we again, background is in last week's message. But basically, the reason I raise context in this message is that it's easy for us to say, we live in a day that's different than the day that they were living in. And actually, when you're talking about sin, there's not much difference. Maybe the clothing styles are different. But the kind of sin that was allowed, the, si the kind of sins that were approved, the kinds of sins that were, were uh, tolerated and, ex and cons considered acceptable, you can't, get, you can't say our, our context that we're living in in this day is different than the context that they were living in. Third word is clarity. Clarity. The clarity of the call to holiness is unmistakable in these verses. You don't read through these verses and think to yourself, I wonder what he's trying to say there. You look at these verses and you see that the, the clarity is, is 
is right on the page. He says in verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. It's not, this could be a good idea. This is the will of God. This is what his desire is. This is what his design is. It is for our sanctification. It is for us to live a holy life. And then he spells that out. The first one, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Later you see in verse 9 that he says that you abound in love. And then we saw in verse 11 and 12 that you aspire to live in, in a certain way. So the clarity here, speaking first of sexual immorality, he says in verse 7 that you abstain from sexual immorality. It's so critical for understanding the the, the context of these verses when he mentions sexual immorality that is that that establishes a truth for us if there is a sexual immorality then there must be a sexual morality there must be he, he said there is a standard there there is a boundary there is a design and he says there is something that you abstain from and that is a sexual ethic that involves something that would be immoral the the word there for uh, immorality sexual immorality is the Greek word pornea and we don't have to spend long uh, explaining or going through uh, that word when you hear that word it opens up a whole vocabulary of what that word addresses and pornea here associates this sexual immorality with anything that would be sexual sin according to God's word now when he says to abstain from sexual immorality this is again in itself spoken with great clarity to abstain is is something that means to make a a clean cut from that action it is to cut it away like the sculptor who would speak of cutting away pieces of wood that do not look like a giraffe when he says abstain from sexual immorality he's saying that you remove these things from your life you get rid of these things sometimes you may see this verse translated uh, avoid sexual immorality there's something about that English word avoid that doesn't give the same strength to the Greek word that's there. And, and, and that's why I'd, here you would, you'd come back to this English word to abstain. I think about if I'm in my kitchen and there's a difference between avoiding carbs and abstaining from carbs. You know? Like I, I can walk to the cabinet at 8 o'clock at night and say, I'm really trying hard to avoid carbs, so I'm going to eat three vanilla wafers instead of six. Right? Maybe I'm trying to avoid carbs. But if I'm abstaining from carbs, that means no carbs. And, and, and what the, the clarity of this verse here is, is for, uh, to, to see that the pursuit of holiness is for us to make a clean cut. And it's, it's worth saying if we got to nothing else today that in your life if there is this battle and war with sexual sin 
that the remedy here, the cure here, is not to try to avoid that, but to make a clean cut from that in your life. You say, well, there's so much confusion today around the sexual ethic, and I remind you that the confusion is not with heaven. The confusion is not with God's word. The confusion in our world is letting the desires of the flesh become the design. But the, our, our feelings and our desires are not what establishes God's divine design. His word, his design is what designs and defines what is right and what is wrong. That's what brings clarity. Now, the fourth word that we're looking at to just build around this message of pursuing holiness is the word control. He says in verse 4 that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in, passion, not in the passion of lust. So there's this speaking of control. That there's, it's not just a whatever feels right, we do it. Whatever uh, the world is doing, we do it. Whatever culture expresses, that's what we do. Now he speaks of control. He speaks of living in this world, bringing our body under control. And the picture of control is fulfilling the sexual design within a certain framework. And according to God's word, there is one environment that allows for the God-honoring expression of our sexual desires, and that is between one man and one woman in the covenant of marriage. Now, it, it's, that's not the Baptist preacher speaking. That's not the church coming down with a new released edict or word on what life has to be or is supposed to be. This is taking the word of God. Genesis 2, 24. A, a, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they shall become one flesh. That's the Old Testament. Genesis, Matthew chapter 19, Jesus Christ takes up those same words and he says, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Hebrews 13, 4 says, let, the, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. Now, when he speaks here of controlling our body, he, he, he establishes a standard. And, and it says that the standard is for there to be self-control. If we're not married, we abstain by learning to control those desires through the description that scripture gives to us the power that scripture gives to us how would you avoid sin how would you avoid any sin in our life we avoid sin in our life through prayer and this letter to first thessalonians look in chapter 5 verse 23 just over maybe a page in your bible he he makes this prayer he says first thessalonians 5 verse 23 now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely 
and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless. What is that? That is a prayer. That is a prayer for sanctification. You say, Pastor, how do I fight this? How do I, how do I fight this sin in my life? You fight it, first of all, through prayer. You fight it through you praying to God. God, sanctify me. God, make me holy. God, give me victory. Let my whole body, soul, and spirit be lived blameless. You ask for his help. But you also, you find you a prayer partner. Notice that it's the Apostle Paul praying for the church. It's somebody else praying for them. We need people in our life praying for us. I know anybody, just wake me up right now, right? Just say amen. Amen? You with me? All right. Thank you. Hey, listen. We need, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about I play a role in you winning. You play a role in me winning through encouragement. One of the ways that we encourage one another is by praying for one another. And that's how we fight sin. The next was vulnerability and accountability. It's by having people in our life that we can walk this walk with to help us win. It's through the word of God. It's why we memorize scripture. It's why we hide the word in our heart. Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It's through the work of the spirit. In verse 8 he says... Chapter 4, verse 8, he says, Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Why is that there? To remind us that he, Paul's saying to them, you're not fighting this just with your flesh. You're fighting a fleshly battle with a spiritual helper. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit's on the throne in our life, we bear the fruit of the Spirit instead of giving in to the, the fruits of the flesh. When we think about controlling immorality in our life or sin in our life, there's an illustration over the years that's just it's one of those that's like, it, it's so helpful and, and actually alluded to in Scripture, and that's when it comes to fire. Bible speaks of not taking fire into our lap and so if we do we'll we'll be burned it, I think in our in our den we have that wood burning fireplace and it's it's sitting on this brick platform with brick walls with the flue that goes out into the air and I sit in the den and I think about that fire burning and um and it's beautiful. It's cozy. It's warm. We enjoy it. It's there in the fireplace. And there's been a time or two last winter where I just in a quiet moment, sitting there looking at that fire, enjoying it, thinking, it's like all of a sudden just this thing comes to my mind. I'm in my den and there is a fire. Like it's right there. It is right there. And it's burning. In, like, where my couch is, where my carpet is, 
where the pictures on the where my people are there's a fire but it feels totally safe until that piece of dry wood pops and that fire bounces outside of that onto the carpet and we start stomping and blowing and trying to help it what happened something good and beautiful right there in front of us until it got outside of its boundaries and and that's the picture that he's given to us here it's not that that God has given us something evil in sexual activity God has given us boundaries to sexual activity and he said there must be control in the pursuit of holiness number five is comparison it's new to this text we didn't cover this last week the next word is comparison and he makes the comparison here he says for this is the will of God your sanctification he speaks of control he's verse five he says not in the passion of lust like the gent there it is it's almost like you you get on to two or three verses later without even noticing he says you control your bodies not in the passion of lust and then here's the comparison the comparison is to not abstaining and and he said it is not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God I'm trying I, I my prayer for this message is over these last couple of weeks is to is Lord keep me in the text keep me tied to what your word says keep me Lord just expounding and explaining and applying what your word says not what is happening out here but and and just look if you knew nothing else that was going on in our world nothing else in the headlines we just had God's word here's what God's word says he says to us that if we're not abstaining from sexual immorality we are like those who do not know God that's the comparison and 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 you you, you just again there's so much clarity here and you, and you think, what's, how do I look like Jesus? How do I be like Jesus? How do I walk to please God? We're either like those who do not know God or we're like those who know God. And to be like those who know God, there will be a certain ethic. Don't miss that comparison. Now, in my life, you might could ask me, um, hey, you've lived in Georgia for 23 years. You've lived 10 minutes from Sanford Stadium for 23 years. You've got on red and gray today and black shoes. You're a Georgia fan. And, and I'd be like, hey, I, I love Georgia. I hope Georgia wins every game the rest of the year for years to come. Let's go. Hey, all right, we'll get it. I mean, you say, surely you're a Georgia fan. You might say, oh, wait. You and your wife both graduated from Auburn. I guess you're an Auburn fan. So, well, yeah, I've got some orange and blue in my closet. But yesterday, let me, let me just show you yesterday me 
in Birmingham. Look at this picture. Now, there's no blue and orange. There's no red and black. I'm in green saying, go Bulls. And, and we're not flashing gang signs there. That's just, that's just horns. I mean, it's go Bulls. Chaney works for the South Florida Bulls football team. And so in Birmingham yesterday, that didn't fare too well. But we were there cheering and hollering and clapping and spelling out South Florida, wearing our green, saying go Bulls. Now, you'd look at me and say, wait a minute. What you're doing there, it's like, it's like you're a Bulls fan. But I don't think you really are. Well, it sure looks like I am, doesn't it? Now, that's, Paul's saying this. He's saying there are actions that you can have in your life that you may claim to be one thing, but your actions identify you with someone else. It gives you a different identity. I think it's critical for us to grasp that when we're fighting against sexual sin to say, am I going to be like Jesus or I'm going to be like those who do not know God? Now, number six. The con the consequence, I mean, I'm sorry, the crime, the crime of sexual immorality. And by crime, I don't mean civil law. I'm, I'm talking about breaking God's law. And here he speaks to it. He says in verse 6 that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. The, the word transgress means to exceed the proper limits, to, to wrong a brother is the word that is sometimes translated defraud. It means to take something that's not ours. And it is a reminder to us that there is a sexual ethic that can be a transgression before God. It can be the defrauding of others. And then let me give you number seven, and that's the consequence. The consequence. What is the consequence? What's the big deal? Is that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, the Apostle Paul comes and he said, I'm, I love you so much, I want to warn you. God avenges. I heard Robbie Gallaty, pastor at Long Hollow Baptist, say this week, he made this statement. He says, you can choose your sin, but you cannot choose your consequence. And the, and the, the, the statement meaning here is, you, you can choose what sin you're going to commit, but here's the consequence. God avenges. God avenges. There is punishment for that sin. Without the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, without the covering of our sin by his blood, we will experience those consequences. We will experience his avenging work. Now, if we're his child and we sin, we're disciplined. We're disciplined as a child to correct us and, and, and it's to lead to confession and repentance. So number eight is the word continuance. How do you live in this world in the pursuit of holiness when a world is not pursuing holiness? 
Again, he spells it out. Abstain from sexual immorality. Verse 9, abound in love. And then the last couple of verses, aspire to walk properly among outsiders. It could be today that as you listen to this, that lust is not your issue, but loving others is the issue. And then for you to pursue holiness would be the Spirit of God checking your heart and saying, you need to look at how you love others and abound there. It could be today that lust and love is not your issue, but laziness is your issue. And the warning here uh, to pursue holiness is, is, is really, you could summarize it in being work hard. Work hard. Don't, don't be someone that troubles the lost world around you. You work hard. Don't be idle. Make it your aspiration to not be a troublemaker in this world, but to be a peacemaker in this world. He's describing a life in the community of Christianity, life in the kingdom of God. So let me ask you as we close today. How's your walk? How's your walk? Don't think of this message as being something that I'm glad it's out there for the world to know what God expects. Let this message today be a message that you bring to your heart and you bring to your life and you would say, Lord, sanctify me. Where do I need to make a clean cut when it comes to sexual sin? Where do I need to abound when it comes to loving others? Lord, what is my aspiration in living in this world? Do I bring you glory in the way I'm working and living in this world? Let's pray together. Father, I bow before you this morning. And Lord, it, it, it seems that in the world that we live in, a day that we're in, that your word could just hit and bounce off like rain on metal. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be receptive. Just like the believers in Thessalonica, they received the word. Would you, through your Holy Spirit, let us receive the word today and, and go after purity, go after holiness. I pray for brothers and sisters here in this room today that we would hunger for righteousness, that we would hunger for holiness, that we would give no space or room to any sin. Holy Spirit, put your finger on our lives and hearts and show us what we're excusing. Show us what we're accepting. Would you bring revival in our hearts as you change us and transform us and shape us to be more like Christ today? We need you, Holy Spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.